0: We were in, at uh, Jared's this, this week. There were several of us that went, and we had a time in the Lord. What a beautiful, beautiful time we had in God, and the services were just wonderful. I'm going to tell you something. The Lord did something eternal in my life, eternal. Uh, there's just too much to tell, just way too much to tell. Uh, but he did something that just opened the heavens and, and just touch me and open, open, open my spirit and just begin to bless me internally. You know, material blessings and earthly blessings are just temporary things. They're actually not really blessings. They're provisions. I know we call them blessings, but real blessings are eternal. Did you hear me? Real blessings are eternal because you're not going to take your house with you. You're not going to take your car with you. You're not going to take your money with you you're not going to take anything with you but what god deposited in you eternally your faith your salvation your experiencing god that's what you're going to take with you so it would behoove us all to make sure that we focus only upon that which is eternal and so the lord touched me in a powerful way and ministered to my heart and my life i will just share this with you on on uh, monday monday evening We were in service, and there was a pastor there named Brian McDonald. He preached. It was a great message, the three anointings. And uh, that night, the Lord spoke to me, and he said, that African pastor is going to prophesy over you. Now, I'm not one of these kind of people that goes around looking for somebody to give me a word. I go to the Bible, and I get a word. I can be in prayer, and God gives me a word. You know, but God uses men in a prophetic office. Well, it didn't happen Monday night. And Tuesday morning... He said, "I'm going to, uh, I'm going to send that African pastor over. He's going to prophesy over you. Well, guess what? It didn't happen Tuesday morning either. And I had an unbelievable time in the altar, and the Lord ministered to me. But Tuesday night, Pastor Jared began to speak about, you know, God, you know, releasing you and 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 opening up the wells, and how that the Samaritan woman, you know, was." Was was so touched and changed, and God took her into Samaria and began to uh, cause her to be one of the greatest evangelists that we read. You know, God takes rejects to recover people. He uses rejects to bring recovery to people. They they'll look at you and say you're a drug addict, you're this, you're that. I'm going to tell you when God saves somebody and changes them, they become recovery to somebody else because they house the Christ and the answer. I've said this many times. Jesus is the answer for us and our our salvation and our redemption. Jesus is the answer for our redemption and our lost condition. But the church, the Holy Ghost-filled church, the Spirit-filled church is the answer to the world, taking the message of the gospel. Amen? Amen. I'm, and without the gospel, they're not the answer. But with the gospel, the real true word of God, they are the answer to the world. And she began to go say, come see a man that told me all the things I've ever done. Well, all of that being said, the Lord ministered to me on that Tuesday night. And uh, I looked up. People were praying for me. I had myself over in the corner. And, and that African pastor was standing in front of me. And he spoke a word to me. He would have had to have been in my prayer meeting alone with God to know. (laughs) but Something happened and it just lifted. Amen. All of the... I'll tell you what he said to me. He said, I want to tell you something, brother. He said, spiritually, he said, you are at a place... No, he said, you know what? You have an orphan spirit about you. You have no covering. And I'm going, Lord, (laughs) he doesn't know. He doesn't know what I've said. He doesn't know what I've prayed. And he said, but God's going to lift that. And there are men that are going to be a covering for you. They're going to be a covering for you. And you have to allow them to be. And, And it will be a blessing to you. And I'll open up the windows of heaven and you are going to be blessed in spiritual ways that you've never experienced before and god's already doing it and i'm so grateful for that but all of that being said god stirred something in my heart and last night as i was praying and seeking god he spoke this to me said so i want you to preach this tomorrow in song of solomon chapter 8 verse 5 let's pray and then we'll read it father we thank you today for the word for your spirit and presence that we've already felt that's been here. But Lord, as we come to break open the bread of life, I just thank you for the privilege to be able to be your servant and stand behind this desk. I, kind, I, I count it a very high honor. Lord, let me be a tool, an instrument rather, not a tool, but an instrument in your hands, a vessel to pour out what you want to say and speak life to each and every person that's here today because, God, my one interest, Lord, is to minister how that we can have a passion and a love for you and we cannot allow anything to quench that. And I pray, Lord, that you help me today as I preach this. I thank you. We give you all the glory and honor and praise. In Jesus' name, anoint me, Lord, as only you can. Amen and amen. It says in verse 5, I'm sorry. Song of Solomon 8 verse 5. It says, Who is this that cometh up from the wilderness, leaning upon her beloved? I raised thee up under the apple tree there. Thy mother brought thee forth. There she brought thee forth that bare thee. Set me as a seal upon thine heart. As a seal upon thine arm. For love is strong as death, jealousy is cruel as the grave. The coals thereof are coals of fire which hath a most vehement flame. Many waters cannot quench love. That's the focus this morning and the title love that cannot be quenched. Many waters cannot quench love, neither can the floods drown it. If a man would give all the substance of his house for love, it would be utterly contemned. It would be utterly despised. I just want to say, because I'm not really going to hit on it a whole lot this morning, but you and I cannot work our way to heaven. You're not ever going to do anything that's going to merit you God's approval or love. The only one that did that was Jesus. What you need to do is just connect yourself unto Him, Stay in Christ. Just know that we're redeemed because of what Christ did. And a person that wants to try, in essence, buy love from somebody that just loves them, it irritates them. You know, if you really love somebody, there's nothing that they can try to do to purchase that. You love them because you love them. And if you try to to purchase it in a way, or work your way for it, or merit it in some way, it takes away the whole value of it, of the person that loved you with such a great love. With such an unquenchable love. So, today I just want to share with you, and I want to preach, love that cannot be quenched. And this is for this church this morning. Whoever's sitting here, I'm preaching this thought, and I'm prompted by verse 7, that came into my spirit in prayer last night. And any Bible student that's looking for Christ in the scriptures is going to find him here. Why did I say that? Because I've seen many commentaries that only make Song of Solomon a, uh, a carnal thing. And, and a thing of marriage just between a man and a woman. But Christ is there. He's there in that scripture. There's a reason why the Holy Spirit had it put there. So there are multiple passages of God being the husband of the church. Being Jesus is considered the bridegroom and, and, and uh, referenced in that way or defined that way in the Bible as the bridegroom and the church being the bride of Christ. The one, one of the greatest scriptures is how uh, it speaks it in Ephesians. Whenever He says in chapter 5, when He says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. We, amen, are the peculiar treasure but the bride of Christ. We are the body of Christ but we are the bride of Christ. And so in reading this, you've got to see in Song of Solomon that it's talking about a relationship between God or Jesus and the bride. Amen? His people. And so we are the object of His love. Actually, Christ is the object of the love of the Father. But we are in that equation because Christ loves us. Amen? Amen? And uh, he he answered the call of Psalms chapter 2, whenever he said, ask of me, see if I'll not give you the heathen for your inheritance. What he was saying is, Jesus said, I'll answer that call, Father, I'll go and I'll die for the people that you created that are fallen, and I will reconcile them back unto you. And through love, amen, the greatest love story ever written is the old rugged cross, amen, amen. It's the greatest love story. But the he answered the answer to call of Psalms 2 when he said, ask of me. Ask of me. What that simply meant is you need to go and pay the price and sacrifice. That's what that really entails. You know, um, we are in Christ. We are loved by God because Christ is loved by God. Amen. He's loved by the Father. Let me give you a simple illustration. My daughter-in-laws are loved by me. They're loved by my wife and I because my sons love them because they're married to my sons. Amen. I love Priscilla and I love Francis who is our daughter-in-law-to-be but she already is. I don't even call them daughter-in-laws. I call them daughter in love Anything that I would do for my son, I will do for her. Anything I would do for Cameron, I will do for Francis. We have a relationship because they came into union with my sons. The same thing applies with Christ. God looks upon His... The Father looks upon His Son and He says, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. He's pleased with Him. We're united with Him. We're one with Him. Amen. We're one with Him. Every time we go to prayer, every time we pray in the Spirit, every time we worship God, every time we have a beautiful time in the presence of God is a time of of, of an essence... Now listen. Listen to me, intercourse. And it's not a a, a carnal thing. It's a spiritual thing. It's loving God. It's spending time with Him. And you become one with Him. Amen. We're one with Him by redemption. But we're one with Him by abiding with Him and in Him. So, reading this, Solomon penned this love parable about a Shunammite girl. Shulamite, but Shunammite... Slave girl, who many believe was the one that David was given at life's end whenever he needed some heat. He was laying there dead. Not dead, but almost dead. Amen. He was there in that bed uh, living on his last breath, he was on his deathbed, so to speak. So they brought this young Shunammite girl in there, but he wasn't interested in that. It was too late for that, and and God didn't want that. I can tell you, but Solomon stood over there in that corner, and he fell in love with that girl. You listen to me. He fell in love with her, and that's what this is all about. Solomon fell deep in love, and this is the type of love that God has for us. Many waters can not quench this love that God has for us how awesome was God's love how beautiful was God's love let us view this from God's perspective in scripture John three sixteen. for God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son there's so much there I could preach on this for an hour but people gloss over this God gave everything amen he gave everything that he had. There was nothing left over. Why did Jesus begin to look at the woman that gave the two pence? And she, he said she gave more than everybody. She gave more than anybody in the meeting. And don't tell me God doesn't look at what you give. He does. And it matters to him. It's not what you give. It's what's left over. And she gave everything that she had. That is Calvary right there. God gave Gave his only begotten son. He so loved the world. My God, the unfathomable, the unfathomable depth of God's love is in the word so. He so loved that he went to great, yea, all lengths to remove the sin and the evil from it. Thus the cross. Abraham, this is amazing to me. He said, I send my son because it was the only way. Amen. He was the only way. That's why when people want to talk about faith or they want to talk about, you know, things of faith, I I said, faith in what? I've got faith in God. Faith in the work of the cross. I don't have faith in faith or faith in Buddha or faith in psychology or faith in a drug. I've got faith in Jesus because He is the only name under heaven by which man can be saved. The only way. And He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And He's the only way you and I can come to God the Father. Listen, Abraham's love for God led him to sacrifice Isaac. Clearly, it wasn't Isaac God wanted, it was Abraham. You guys know the song, When I Lay My Isaac Down. Clearly, now I've always preached God wasn't going to be undone, and He wasn't. But He made it very clear you go to that mountain. And you sacrifice Isaac. Because it wasn't Isaac he was after. It was Abraham's heart. Amen. He was interested in his love. Do you have the kind of love that will give everything to God? Do you have the kind of love that will give the very promise that has been given unto you back to God? Amen. Amen. Do you have that kind of love we're talking about God's love here, but it's exemplified and illustrated in the Word of God. God's love, amen, is as strong as death, for it broke through death. He says here in the Scriptures, it's stronger than death, for it broke through through death. Death is a difficult thing. Death is a strong thing. Death absolutely has Brought people to a place of bewilderment and depression and heartache and and completely destroyed their lives. It's a cruel, cruel thing because it's so powerful. But God's love is more powerful than death. I'm telling you, death was conquered because of love. Death was conquered. Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. And so today, I know that death is cruel. But love, amen love is greater it's stronger than death because it broke through death amen it broke through death and so if you this morning are at a place of wilderness or you're at a place where you're going through a valley and you feel like you're dead you feel like I've got nothing amen in God you can break through that death amen as you begin to love God hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. Just by you coming here today, you stepped out in faith and you said, I'm going to love God today because this death has overshadowed me and I need a breakthrough in my life. (sighs) Almighty God. God's love is unquenchable. Jeremiah 31.3 says, The Lord appeared of old, Unto me saying, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. And I've drawn you with loving kindness. Israel has always been God's object of love and affection. From the very beginning. Always been somebody that loved God. And through, trace it all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Trace it all the way back. Even though people failed. There's a love down deep inside and he connected with people that loved. Hey Amen. I was thinking about it this morning. Whenever, um, whenever Abigail responded when Nabal, I think that was his name, right? Kevin, Nabal didn't respond. He said, David who? I don't know who David is. I'm not going to do anything for David. Well, he died because if you don't love God, you'll die. Spiritually, you'll die. But, but Abigail said, I recognize the king and she brought provision. Not only did she, through love, begin to honor the king, but she, she brought a blessing. She got, received a blessing from that. When you love God, there's a blessing that comes to your life. A spiritual blessing. A spiritual blessing. Amen. <laughs> I'm so grateful today for this. But Israel had always been God's object of love and affection. They failed Him so many times, yet His love never was quenched towards them. Never was quenched towards them. Even 70 years in Babylonian bondage, God continued to make sure that He had somebody that was going to make it through the 70 years to begin to establish the, kingdom, the, the, the nation of Israel again he's never forgotten his love for Israel he's still a nation today 6,000 years later his love is unquenchable his love never quenched it remained faithful we're talking age old love love of eternity that nothing could quench that's why he said I'm married to that backslider Thank God, thank God, thank God. He's married to the backslider. He's married to that person. Even though they may not feel that love towards God, they know down deep inside... God still loves me, amen He put that down deep within them There were times that I felt like You know, I failed God As a Christian So deeply, so terribly And I laid there and God said Do you think for one second That I love you less now Than I loved you before you ever got saved When I commended my love to you Do you hear me, Jonathan? I loved you when you were a sinner I commended my love when you were a sinner I loved you before you were even born before you were even a thought I made provision and you think I love you less now my love is not quenched because of something you did <laughs> We're talking age-old love, eternal love that nothing could quench the very fact that we are here today thousands of years later and generations later still being loved by god is proof nothing can quench god's love people are like you know they just they, you let me tell you something i just feel in my heart there are people sitting in this room you need to give yourself permission to allow god to love you the way he wants to because your relationship is all performance based. If I do this and this and this, then God will love me. Wrong. He loves you because He's a God of love. That's it. Now, He loves us and we respond. And I'm gonna get into that in just a minute, but we respond with a love back to Him. Praise God. But it's never performance, it's privilege. It's passion. For God, passion. That's the word I want to use. Passion, not performance. Amen. Praise God. Look, if me being an earthly man, an earthly father, an earthly husband, know how to love people in my life. Amen. Last night I was out late. I come home. I called Sister Skiles. I'm all the way in East Brea. Amen. East Brea. It's about where it cuts off. But over there. Over there. I'm over there. And I said, I'm, I'm running through here. Chick-fil-A. You want something. Amen. Well, I really didn't want Chick-fil-A. I was thinking something else. She told me what she wanted. And I know you don't have to go there. I said, I want to go there. Because I love my wife. You hear me? I can't say that my love has always been perfected, but I'm sure trying to show her that I love her. And so if i got to drive four or five miles the other direction to get what you want, I'll get it. That's what love does. And we only know a fraction of that. But we, we, we live stifled and we live defeated and discouraged in our walk with God because we do not realize how much He loves us. You hear me? He said, many waters cannot quench that love. <laughs> My God in heaven. Hallelujah. Even Israel backslid under the reign of Ahab and Jezebel. Mount Carmel was a showdown to deal with the prophets of Baal. Let me share something with you. Everything in the Bible has a revelation and significance and there's always more and more and more and more and more. And what did Elijah do at that altar at Mount Carmel? He dumped water all over that altar. Under it. I mean, he brought in the midst of a famine, he brought buckets and buckets and buckets and barrels and barrels of water. They were starting to look at him and go, dude, okay, we're, we're, water's a commodity right now and it's very rare. He didn't care. He dumped all that water there. And it was meant for a purpose to prove. And I wrote it down here because I want to say it right. But it was meant... The, 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 the waters were dumped on the altar and to prove that they could not quench God's love. The act alone was meant to prove and validate the one true God. The one true God. Because if God's going to answer by fire, He's going to have to go through the gallons and gallons and gallons and gallons of water. And the fire began to quench up and 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 begin to lick up that water. And, and consume the sacrifice what God is saying is Israel's cold they're under the flood amen that's that you know and it's by their own undoing they they've they've become drowned in the things of the world drowned in idolatry under the pressure and and there's no fire of God here in this nation they've seen the heaven shut up for three and a half years but I'm getting ready to prove amen that the fire of the holy ghost most will begin to break through what would stifle amen. a move of God so don't you dare let that devil lie to you and tell you you're not worthy ain't no one of us in here worthy Jesus is worthy he loves you and he will through redemption in the blood make you worthy Come on now. My God. The act alone was meant to prove and validate the one true God. And I could go on and on and on all day about God's love. But I want to minister to us today and ask about your love for God. Because we read about David's love. And I'm just giving you a few scriptures. I had too many to quote. I thought, Lord, we'll be here for four hours. But he said in Psalms 42, One, as the deer panteth after the water brooks, So, my soul longeth for thee. God said, David has a heart after my own heart. Hallelujah. He loves me. He loves me. Not just the blessing of God, he loves me. (laughs) He loves me. Saul just was a religious man. I know that he experienced the anointing, but he was always after the carnal and the fleshly, always numbering his army, always leaning on the arm of the flesh. He was only using the spiritual and, and Samuel and the power of God for his, uh, his own purposes and his own, you know, agenda. But David loved God. He loved God when nobody was looking. He loved those sheep when nobody was looking. He said, I'm gonna take out the bear. I'm going to put my life on the line to take out the bear. I'm going to put myself on the line to take out the lion. I'm not going to allow something to consume and try to attack as a predator that which I love. He had a heart after God's own heart. And if God, if David cared that much about a sheep, a lamb, You think God loves you less? His love is unquenchable. But He said, As the deer panteth for the water brook, so my soul longeth for thee. This is one of my favorite ones. Psalm 73, 25. Who have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon the earth that I desire beside thee. David had a deep love for God, a love for his honor, a love for his name, a love for his will. On earth, he had a love to worship. Had a man one time, he come to church, he only came in during the preaching. He said, I don't like the music, I don't like to worship. And I said, you're not going to like heaven and I don't even know if you'll be there. Oh, pastor, you're not the judge. I'm going to tell you right now, if you don't worship him here, you ain't going to be there. Because he creates worshipers. He saves us and He changes everything about us. If you truly get born again, nobody has to drag your carcass to church. You're there. Amen. Nobody has to beg you to come to church. You're there. I want to be in God's house because I love Him. Amen. I want to give because I love Him. I want to pray because I love Him. Oh, I'm not here to criticize anybody, but I am going to keep it real. I'd rather tell you and it stir and challenge you than you stand before God and say, The preacher never told you, and God's gonna say, He did. You didn't hear. So I say it with love today. Do you have that kind of love that nothing can quench that? Oh, Pastor, that doesn't exist. You're wrong. It does exist. I'm gonna show you in the Bible it exists. David had a deep love for God, for his honor, his name, his will on earth, and he had a love to worship. There is something deep that happens when God places in us his love. When I got saved, I didn't go to church before I got saved. I didn't love God and worship God and want to be around God's people before I got saved. But when He saved me, everything changed because love came in here. A love that drove me. The Spirit of God. Clearly from Jesus, we can love much or we can love little depending on how how much God's forgiven you of. Do I have to quote that scripture or do you get it? He said, when the woman with the alabaster box broke the most precious thing that she had, Came in, cried on Jesus' feet, washed his feet, amen, with her tears, dismantled her hair. I'm gonna tell you something. You have to love God if you're a woman and you dismantle that hair to wipe somebody's feet. I've been at foot washings in my twenty, my thirty-two years almost of being a Christian. And you got to humble yourself to get down there and wash somebody's feet. That's one of the greatest. It should be done in churches. Oh, my. It changed the, the trajectory of everything. If we would just come back to washing. Jesus said, I've washed your feet and I'll wash one another's. We, it's one of the things. Think about this. The two things that Jesus told us to do. Actually, three. Communion. And he said, wash each other's feet. And he said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. You've made it everything else. But the three things that we are supposed to be doing, a lot of times we don't do, but we need to do. Amen. It's awfully quiet. But she took down her hair, and she began to wipe that tears, broke that alabaster box, and she began to pour that upon his head, anointing him. And they looked and they said, doesn't Jesus realize who is doing this to him? Oh, God knows everything about you. Even the things you don't want anybody to know that you're saying in your heart and your mind. God knows. And he said, he that has been forgiven of much, loveth much. And he that has been forgiven of little, loveth little. You want to know why people are up here and they're worshiping God? Why they got to get up there? You haven't been where they've been. You don't know their testimony. There's a story behind a testimony. There's a story behind an anointing. Everyone. And so what I'm saying to you is that, getting back to my message here. There is scripture on measure of grace and comprehension of love. We have measures of grace, the Bible says. And we have understanding or comprehension of God's love. Some people have little comprehension. Others have great comprehension. People who have little comprehension of love are the most judgmental. Mm -hmm. Say it again, pastor. People who have a small comprehension of God's love are the most judgmental people. Because whenever you have been forgiven of a lot, I ain't got no business judging anybody. He picked me up out of a miry pit. And so I'll just leave that judgment to God. Leave it alone. Oh my mighty God. Come on now. Thank you, Jesus. Paul displayed it in Galatians 2.20 talking about the measure of grace and the comprehension of love. He had a great comprehension of love because he was a murderer. <laughs> Who knows how many? We don't know. But he said, I was the chief of sinners. I was the leader of the pack. And he displayed it in Galatians 2.10. He said, for I am crucified with Christ. Never, nevertheless, I uh, I live, not I, but Christ lives within me. And he said, the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me. His love for me has given me a faith of how I treat other people and how I interact with them. It was a love so powerful nothing could quench it. It was a love that drove Him to take up the cross. He's the one that wrote Philippians 3. Philippians 3 amen, that we all quote, pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling, amen, he said, I want to know him in the power of his resurrection, amen, and his suffering, amen, conformable unto his death and and going through the suffering like he did, I'm going to have to take up my cross and there's things I'm going to go through, amen, whenever you and I read that scripture about how that the foundation was laid and and then the storm came. You are developing your... or God's developing you, but you're, 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 you're establishing your walk with God and your love and your treatment and the, the people and the Holy Spirit in you. And the storm will come and the test will be on for your love and how you're going to respond and react. The storm will come. We always make that some trial or test. Read it in its context. It's about treatment of people. It's about how we are. And the storm will come. You say, I love God. I'm a a lover of God. And I love people. And you're, you're the greatest cheerleader for that in your life. And then the storm hits. And you realize how much you don't love people. But Paul took up his cross. He counted everything but loss for Christ. Nothing could quench his love. He said, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. Amen. I'm not purpose driven. I'm love constrained. The love of God is what is driving me to, to go around this world. Our brother was teaching the other day in Bible study. You know, we jump on a plane and we fly four hours and we're there and we minister. We, we, but Paul the apostle went around the world three times over on a donkey in a ship. Hours and days and months to get to where he was supposed to get. And then he'd get there and it wasn't like revival like we saw in a conference this last week. He began to preach and the persecution began to come every time it seemed like where he went. Because we have to understand God has called us into this world to have such an unquenchable love for the lost that we're willing to be persecuted for the cause of Christ. We can't even go to work. We get upset because somebody rubbed us the wrong way or somebody persecuted us. Come on, church. You know, I'm telling you the truth. My Lord in heaven. Oh. Does not the Bible say that He placed the enemies before us? He he said, I place the table before you in the presence of your enemies because you and I are to go out into all the world and that world is our enemy to Christ. But we're still to shed the love of God abroad. Are you hearing me today? We're to be examples to begin to preach the love of God and to tell them there is a relationship with God. There's a God you can know. There's a relationship you can have. You don't have to stay in the darkness. You don't have to stay in the death. You don't have to stay in that place of oppression or captivity or prison or depression or anxiety. God is bigger than all of that. And He's not going to send you to the places to reach the people that you feel comfortable reaching. he's going to lead you out knock on doors and it ain't fun but it's the will of God you immediately walk upon that person and you start speaking to them about God and people that are not right with God that wall goes up they immediately become your enemy and he said but I've placed before you a table What I'm doing is I've placed before you. This is what you can have. Are you hearing me? This is what you can have in God. You can pull up to that king's table too and feast from the hidden manna. Feast at the king's table. You can enjoy this too. It. It. The other day we went out. Me and brother Will. We went up to this man and began to talk to him. I said, "Do you do you believe in God?" He. Well, I believe in a higher power. I said, "What's his name?" I said, you don't believe in nothing. I said, I believe in Jesus. And I said, how can you say you just believe in something you don't know nothing about? I said, I know who I believe not only from the Scripture, not because I'm a religious theologian and I've been through the Scripture and I'm going to stand and use that as what I stand upon. I do stand upon the Word, but I'm not going to stand here in just theology alone and just my creed or what I believe or my doctrine. I've come to tell you that there's a God you can know. There's a relationship you can have. You can have something down deep within you and you've got to know Him. I'm telling you that I know Him by testimony. I don't just know Him from the scriptures that I believe and I believe Him. But I know Him because of what He's done in my life. Well, He didn't want to talk to me. But I said, sir, I want to tell you something. You can know Him. You can know Him. Oh, I got to hurry. I don't have to hurry, but... I want, to get this, I want to get this preached. Listen, love drove Paul to take up his cross. Love drove him to count everything but lost. Love drove him to say, Woe is me if I preach not the gospel. Love drove him constrained by love. Whether he was snake bit or stoned and left for dead. Beaten many times. Shipwrecked. hunger Disrespect. Amen. Being misunderstood. My Lord, people are misunderstood in the church and they fall apart. I'm going to go to a church that understands me. I'm going to tell you something. Jesus was misunderstood. Paul was misunderstood. When I say that, rejected in a sense. But people think it's all about them. It's not about you. They hated him. They're going to hate you. They're going to reject you. But you must still tell them because there might be just that one that might be reached. And you're the hope that God has given to preach that gospel to them. <laughs> My God. Why? Uh, you know, this is, this is why Paul penned in Romans 8, 35-38, you know, what can separate us from the love of God? Are you hearing me today? What can separate us from the love of God? He said this, and I'm going to read it to you. He said, Who shall separate us rather from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. Because, what he was saying is, I go, I've been rejected, I went through everything. But what? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Amen. Who shall separate us? God loves me. Amen. And no matter what takes place in my life, He still loves me. And I've got such an unquenchable love for people because of His unquenchable love for me. Waters were come and they have come to destroy that love. But it doesn't matter. Smite me in the back if you want to. I'm going to be in the dungeon and I'm going to cry out to God because I know that I know that I know that I know I am persuaded he is able oh, Jesus nothing could quench the love of God in Paul I'm going to share with you this love must be so great, so deep, and such a part of our being that it is as equal to an ink pen soaking into your shirt or blood soaking into your shirt. It has become a part of you that never is gone. Well, pastor, you know, people can leave their first love. Yeah, but God's love is so unquenchable. He comes up and he says, hey, I know that you're doctrinally sound. You found the prophets that were heretics. You found them and you're you're right. But you left your first love. God's love is so powerful that he says, I ain't going to let you get away from me. If you go to hell, I'm going to be loving you all the way to the gates of hell. For I'm going to say, don't cross this line. Don't cross it. I love you. Oh. Oh, I'm so excited. This is how deep, eternal God's love must be in us. It's how deep and eternal His love must be. No matter the flood or the fire is... It's deeply there, just like the three Hebrews. They said, you can throw us in the fire. And I don't think for one second that they weren't afraid. But they said, we love and know God so much that we'll take your fire over his fire. And let me tell you something, fire could not destroy them. Floods cannot destroy God's love. Amen. Did he not say that I'll be with you through the flood? it's in Isaiah, I didn't write it down, I meant to, but I didn't, but it's there, you don't have to quote it for me, it's there, you know, some through the water, some through the flood, some through the fire, but everybody through the blood, amen, no matter the flood or the fire, I can tell you, there's a love there that's so deep that you say, no matter what, I'm not going to give up on God's love, There's there's a love that cannot be quenched in us when God has touched you, Abraham proved that, Job proved that he proved that whenever his own wife said you've lost everything your your, your family's gone, your substance is gone everything's gone and you're sitting here sick, you got boils you have nothing to live for, why don't you curse God and die and he said you speak like a foolish woman (laughs) how can I possibly curse God the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away And though He slay me, I'm going to trust Him. Because I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that. Amen. I know that and one day I'm going to see Him face to face. I'm talking about a love that cannot be quenched. A love so passionate for God and Christ that not even betrayal can quench it. It's love that says, Father, forgive them. Or like Stephen that said, Lord, lay it not to their charge. In Stephen's death, his love could not be quenched for God or for man. That's why, my God in heaven, whenever the heavens were opened up and they were stoning him, they were stoning him to leave him for dead, and they did. The Bible says Jesus stood up. He at the right hand of the Father. He accomplished everything he was supposed to do. But God honors unquenchable love. And he stood up and he welcomed Stephen into the thrones of glory and peace and rest. Many waters cannot quench. God's the love you have for God. So I, Paul told Philemon, I thank God for your love and faith. Toward the Lord and Jesus. Lord Jesus. Even the act of Onesimus. Doing you wrong. He said I know you love God. And I know you love him. Because you can't love God. And not love people. It's impossible. Well, I, I, I love God. There's just some people I don't like. I'm going to tell you right now. When you love God. He'll give you a grace. That you can be around them. And show them love. Amen. Are you hearing me? He'll give you grace to be able to forgive them. Remember this. God's love is deposited in His object of affection. It's His grace. It's Himself deposited in our heart. That's why He said in John 14, through 23, God's love takes up habitation in us. It's awesome. So awesome that Peter said, it's love that the trial of faith cannot quench. That even unseen you love God and believe and rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. There's a reason we come to church and worship and give money and serve. It is the love down deep inside of us that drives us. And I'm going to say this and I don't mean it in embarrassment, but there's people that even today you're here because there's a love of God down deep inside of you. That even times when the devil told you God doesn't love you. Why would you ever love him back? But you have been touched by God's love so powerfully at one time in your life that you've never allowed that. It's not escaped you. Because God continues to show you his love. And that's why you're here today. Because God wants you to know that no matter where you've been, I still love you. I still love you. Everything is set to destroy that love. Life is full of tests on this love to quench it. That's why Jude said, keep yourself in the love of God. Holy Ghost prayer fuels the unquenchable fire in you. That's why he said, keep yourself in the love of God. Stay full of the Holy Ghost. If you're not full of the Holy Ghost, and you don't maintain a life in the Holy Ghost... There's not going to be a maintenance of that unquenchable love. You'll have no problem driving by people that are lost. And you will give no thought to their soul. But whenever you are full of the Holy Ghost, you'll be driving down the road and you'll see that person. And it's an all the time thing. I wonder if they're saved. And God will prompt you to talk to them. Almighty God. Mighty God, is Kyle in here? There's something about my son, Kyle. I'm telling you, he is in tune with God and the Holy Ghost. That it's a daily thing. He's always looking for people to talk to outside. And God has given him an anointing to talk. Everybody has their gifting. He can talk to people. He said, I had a guy... And he said, I I, I was ministering to him. He ministers. He's had so many, I forgot all the names. But he he, he said he was just weeping and crying. Gang member, you know, just ex-gang or whatever, just weeping and crying. Somebody he just met, you know, pouring out the love of God. You know, it's unquenchable in you. And so it's transferred over to them. They feel that. They feel that. What am I saying to you today? There is a love that God has for us, has for us. I can tell you nothing will quench that. That's in us. And that's how we need to be to him. And for him. And for the kingdom of God. I worship you, Lord. I, there are things in your life That you don't want anybody to bother you. So you shut that phone off and you put it to the side. I don't know what it is. I'm not asking. But there are things that you want to give your time to. And you'll remove every distraction. God is saying, I'm wanting such a love from you. That nothing can invade that. And church, I'm going to tell you everything in our life is if you're seeking God, is moving you closer to Him, closer to Him, greater in a a relationship with Him. And I encourage you, we're living in a time where everything is trying to pull us from God's love, from worship unto Him, from relationship with Him. But He's saying, I have loved you And I want you to love me back. And if you will begin to sow into that kind of relationship with God. In prayer and praise. I'm going to tell you something. He will respond to you. They that wait upon the Lord. Shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. I feel in my heart to say this, and I'm going to close, I promise you. There are people that get frustrated in their walk with God because they say, I can seem to never be satisfied. That is love that cannot be satisfied in in fullness here upon this earth. You get a blessing, and you feel that, and you're good, but then there's always that that pulls you. That's not a a, 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 that is not a negative thing. That's actually a positive thing, that you have a hunger and a thirst because he said, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. God's going to fill you, but you're going to be hungry and thirsty again. I know that he says you'll never thirst again if you drink of this water. Well, I can tell you he filled me with the Holy Ghost, but it wasn't a one-time thing. There's, I hunger and thirst after him again. I want to be with him again. I, 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 I kissed this lady, amen, before we got married, amen, but I kissed her when we got married, but that wasn't the last kiss, thank God. We've been kissing for 28 years. Come on now. Hey amen, don't get all red in the face. Because the relationship has grown. Our relationship with God must grow. And it gets deeper. And it becomes a a thing that it's unquenchable. Nothing, no water, no flood, nothing can quench that. I'm telling you, that should be your pursuit today. Whether you go to church here or not. We're going to have an altar call. I'm not going to beg anybody to come. I'm going to open the altar. And if you want to come and pray, I think that's one of the greatest things you could ever do this morning. Whether you come pray, whether you lift your hands and you worship God. And I promise you, I'm going to sing and worship God. And God is going to touch your life today. Maybe you've needed something from God Get it today. Don't stay back in your seat. Get it today. Nobody was going forward at Jared's and the Lord said, Jonathan, Tuesday night, go up there. Go up there. And I thought, Lord, I'm a pastor. You know, here I am. You know, all these other people need you. He said, you need me too. And I went up and I went over there and I'm standing on this side. And first of all, my church... My loving church, my church body in whom I love, whom I love, gathered around me. I've never felt more love from this body than at that moment as I stood there and I heard them pray. Then I got a word. Then Lee Ship spoke into me. Jared spoke into me. I thought, Lord, I'm telling you, I'm going to explode. And some of you are saying, I don't feel that, Jonathan. You may feel that, but I don't feel that. Whose fault is that? Because it's not God's. What do you want? What do you desire? Step out in faith. So I'm going to sacrifice and go up there to the front. I don't care if my family thinks I'm foolish or they, I, 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 that I'm an embarrassment to them. I don't care. Because my relationship with God is more than my pride and my standing with anybody. One day, I'm not going to stand before God. I mean, I'm not going to stand before my peers and my my contemporaries and my peers. I'm going to stand before God, and he's going to be the one that's going to say, enter in, thou good and faithful servant to the joy of the Lord. There's going to be those he's going to say, I never knew you. I never had that love relationship with you. Do you want it today? Before we leave, please. I'm not scolding you. I'm not beating you over the head. I'm telling you, you can have such a love for God and a relationship with Him that absolutely is overflowing. Amen. Father, today, I thank you. I've done exactly What you told me to do. And today. I know that Lord. There's many in here that have needs. And they have. Things that are going on in their life. They have. Spiritual needs. They have. uh, You know. Things that are important to them. Are necessary for their life. But God. I know that. You said in your word, if we cast all of our cares upon you, you care for us. So our relationship with you is more important than anything that we would seek you to get in the material sense. And I'm praying today that as we sing and as we worship in this altar, that people will come, that people will flood this altar, that they will receive from God what they need, that your love, God, will overwhelm them. Today in the name of Jesus. And if there's somebody here that does not know you, is not serving you, is not right, that today, God, you would renew them. You would refresh them. You would revive them. Touch them today in the name of Jesus. Mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus.